and welcome to FDTV. We are back again with another episode of our weekly podcast. I'm your host Ali, joined with my fellow co-host Jawad. Jawad, how is how is it going, brother? I'm doing great, Ali. It was another fantastic week of football. Finally, finishing the international break and right back into the league action. Let's get into this. So the first big news of the day that we received a couple of days ago was that Lewandowski is set to miss out the UCL tie with PSG. So what kind of effect do you think will that have on the whole tie and the event? Well, Lewandowski missing for Bayern Munich is a huge, huge blow. Uh, last season, it was Neymar missing the tie between them. This time, it's Lewandowski. Uh, Bayern, though, have not been entirely dependent on Lewandowski, even though he has contributed hugely and immensely. They still have very, very talented squad, which should be able to make this match a competitive one at that. But Lewandowski is going to be someone who should be missed. But Bayern, with the depth of squad that they have, they will not miss Lewandowski. What do you think? I think this uh, tie swings in the favor mm-hmm. of PSG now with the squad power that they have and with Pochettino at the helm I think PSG are a little closer to the victory than they were before when Lewandowski was present so uh, Lewandowski missing out means a lot of different things they need to keep in mind the squad rotation for both ties now and I don't think their bench is strong enough to uh, get the win against PSG they have Thomas Müller who can slot into the uh, striker role but I don't think he has done that for the past couple of seasons as they don't have an out and out striker as of right now in the vain form of Lewandowski so they might want to choose uh, to have someone like Narbia playing the false nine with Müller they might play without a striker altogether like City did in the previous matches when they didn't have any out and out striker playing right so I feel like Hansi Flick might go that route with no out and out striker no number 9 and i feel like lemondowski though he is going to be missed um i'm more a little bit more concerned about the record that he was about to break of jared muller right so with the amount of matches he's going to miss does he break the <laughs> yeah. record now i think it was a sure bet that he was going to break break the record if he wasn't injured but uh it, does he make it back in time and if he does make it back in time does he still have that pace that energy that he was going with and does he break the record of jared muller i think a PSG versus Munich is going to be as exciting of a tie as it was uh, before without Lewandowski as it's still going to be the same uh, enticing feel to the match that they had right so i feel like Lewandowski with or without him Bayern and uh, PSG is a must watch and i i'm still going to give the tie to uh, Le- right. Lewandowski's team Bayern Munich i feel like uh, Bayern Munich takes this one even though you feel like PSG are their favorites for this now. Yeah, I do think that PSG are going to go through this round surprisingly. Uh and do you think in terms of challenges as a manager, this is the first real time that Hansi Flick will be tested well, because they have gone on this crazy run of form. This might be true what you're saying, but you got to keep in mind when Flick took over the Bayern Munich job, they weren't doing so well. They were losing matches and when he came in, they had a very poor run of form and he turned that around when he came in. He turned it around and he took them uh, to a next level, right? So I feel like Hansi Flick has dealt with these sort of situations before. It wasn't that uh, when he came in, Lewandowski was scoring goals like he is right now. So I feel like Lewandowski has took to a next gear under Hansi Flick, and even if he doesn't have him at his disposal, Flick will find a make uh, Flick will find a way to make this happen, and they will go through. That's what my prediction is, and I feel like uh, Pochettino versus Flick. it is going to be a good matchup both managers are very tactically sound and i feel like 
this should be a game which any football, pure footballing fan would really, really enjoy. It's going to be an exciting affair. It's going to be an attacking affair at that. How many goals do you think uh, we're going to see in these match? I want to ask you about mm -hmm. the stylistic approach to the game. Do you think that um, Hansi Flick will switch away from his high intensity all uh, go football that he usually plays? So the way they play, the way they press has nothing to do with right. what uh, Lewandowski was going to do. Lewandowski, though he's a great striker, he's never going to be known as a high-intensity guy who's going to press the opposition to the limit, right? The guy is very old at this point, uh, not as old as Latan or even Cristiano, but he is getting up there, right? So he's not going to be known for pressing. That's down to the midfield that Bayern has. And I feel like they have a very, very strong core and they will have all of those players available who will be making that press. And Kimmich is going to be the key in this one. Though as much as Muller has been assisting everyone around him, Kimmich is the key in this one with the high press to stopping that lethal, lethal uh, connection between the PSG midfield and attack, right? So now, now there's, uh, there's a question. Are they able to keep Mbappe quiet? Right? What do you think? Mbappe versus the right back or the left back, depends on what side he plays on, is going to be the battle to watch here. Uh, if he goes on against Alfonso Davies, I will absolutely do nothing but wait for the game to happen because that is a battle for the ages. Alfonso Davies is probably the quickest left back in the world and Mbappe with his pace and trickery, that's the battle I'm looking forward to. And I do think that Mbappe is not going to be quiet in this match. He will actually be the turning point for this whole game and he will, he will decide what uh, which team okay, takes so the time. You're, you're predicting Mbappe to be the difference maker in this one. From one uh, world-class striker to another, Harry Kane. Reports are linked sorry, Harry Kane to Manchester City because uh, Guardiola has recently said that uh, Haaland deal might be off due to the huge price tag that D Dortmund has quoted. So how do you uh, think that situation will pan out with so Kane and Manchester City? Last time we City? actually predicted this, I, I was we were talking about this and we thought that Harry Kane is a better fit for Manchester City compared to Erlen Haaland. The way the stylistic approach, the way they play, I feel like True. Kane would be a better fit for City. And I think uh, I, I, I'm actually hoping that this ha ends up happening and Haaland ends up going somewhere else because City with Haaland is a scary thought. It's a very scary thought and I'm not sure who will be stopping them if City has Haaland, right? <laughs> yeah. So Kane, though he's a very, very good striker, I don't think right now with the age factor in there, I think Haaland has a better upside than Kane. But Kane is the fit that City is looking for. And if City are uh, managed to snap him up, I think there still would be a scary side to be, uh, be facing. And Kane against the wingers that City's got, the pace is going to be tremendous. And the service that they would be able to provide, keep in mind, they haven't played with this, such a tall striker in a long, long time, right? So Aguero for the past 10 years is not known to be the header, a good header of the ball. It's going to be Kane uh, receiving those crosses from the left and the right-hand side of City's brilliant wingers and uh, flying left-backs and right-backs. Right, so I feel like Kane is a good choice and exactly. Haaland is better off going to somewhere else. Perhaps your team United, I know they've been linked with them as well, but you're absolutely right in saying, reports are saying that Haaland's, team is, uh, Haaland's yeah. deal is going to be very difficult for any team to put in place. right? And there have been rumors that Messi is wanting to play with Haaland and I think that's a very persuasive point to have if you're negotiating on the table with Mino Raiola. Makes sense. Uh, and one more thing I want to ask you. If Harry Kane does not move to Man City or another club, 
do you think uh, real madrid have a chance to persuade him i i, I absolutely do think that they have a chance to persuade him and it's it's just a matter of fact where kane wants to play kane is an english player i don't think he's played outside of the premier league as of right now so leaving the comforts of england leaving his family uh and going to an absolutely unknown uh, league right i don't think that's going to be uh favorable for kane so i think the city moves make the most sense for him and he's only going to be switching from london to manchester there's not a big of a difference there and plus he's going to probably the richest club in the premier league right now so yeah i, I think kane to city is the most logical transfer rumor that we have heard this window moving on to the last striker that we have for today karim benzema the frenchman ever since cristiano ronaldo has left real madrid have been terrific for the galacticos so what do you think should real madrid look to move on benzema with Karim Benzema since Cristiano Ronaldo left he had to fill big void he had to replace one of if not the best player in the world and he successfully managed to do that real haven't really missed ronaldo per se and Karim Benzema has provided the goals that they were looking for and being awarded the player of the month in la liga is no short feat Karim Benzema has been absolutely tremendous for real and they are still in the title race and is not because of the other players that they've got is actually because of the clutch that every time Karim Benzema plays he's able to pull he's a clutch player and he makes the difference and he gets the goals and i feel like shipping him right now is not in the best interest specifically with no clear replacement in mind and the only again haland's been literally linked with every big club you name it he's been linked with united with city with tottenham with chelsea for that matter with real madrid and barcelona right the only clubs he hasn't been linked with so far is bayern munich and inter milan juventus right so there's only a few clubs that haland hasn't been linked with and the reason for that right. that he's going to be a good fit regardless where he goes and keep in mind city they got an aging aguero real madrid they got an aging uh, karim benzema right even my team ac milan they got an injured uh, like injured injury prone and aging zlatan ibrahimovic so i feel like karim benzema is the right is in the right place at the right time right now and unless we get a better crop of strikers coming in i don't think real should ship him out do you disagree or agree with me i think they should stick with benzema for uh, at least a couple more seasons i know he has lost his pace sticks around around the 12 yard area more often than now but i think he still does the bare minimum to be a top level striker at a club like real madrid his link up play has not faded still creates goal and his link up with the likes of vinicius who is very poor in front of the goal has been excellent benzema provides you goal and top of that he provides you leadership in the front three so benzema should stay at real and i think they should look for options but not right now they should uh, let this covid thing pass and challenge for the title continue to end the season on a positive note and then they can replan what they want to do with the squad talking about strikers and informed ones and playing to the best of their abilities i want to talk about someone that your team let go because they felt that they weren't really performing jesse lingard he's playing for a great team at the moment he's averaging about a goal or goal contribution every 88 minutes for west ham right now he's picked up the top form at the right time with world cup around the corner with yes. the euros around the corner england has a big question in their head do they go with jesse lingard or not and same thing goes for your team do you think it was a mistake for united letting jesse lingard go like that on loan 
So Jesse Lingard has been phenomenal for West Ham under David Moyes. There's no doubt about that. But expectations at a club like United can get to the best of the players. And we have seen that with Radamel Falcao, even Wayne Rooney at the end of his United career, that the expectations that you have as a, as a manager and as a fan from such players are very high. And even being a squad player at a club like United or City is a huge task. Jesse Lingard is doing an amazing job, but I think this is the level wow. that he belongs to. This is the level that Lingard can excel at. I don't think he deserves a place at United. We are stacked in the attacking midfield spot. We have Bruno Fernandes, also uh, Van de Beek that we signed last window. So Lingard should be sold this summer and we did not make a mistake by okay, letting so him Here's go. another question then for you. If you think United didn't make a mistake, does England and specifically Gareth Southgate, does it, do you think they pick him for the squad? And if they do pick him for the squad, does he play for England? For, uh, we know Delhi Ali, what a huge talent that he has. He's missing out from the England squad. He, uh, Gareth Southgate is having a tough time picking the attacking midfielder. People are torn between Foden, Jack Grealish and James Madison. Those three have had a superior season to Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard, the only reason Jesse Lingard can go to the Euros is if a major player gets injured. I don't think he has deserve, uh, done enough to deserve a place on the plane. But props to him. He has turned around his uh, awful run of form uh, at United and gotten back to the spotlight in the Premier League. But I don't think he deserves a chance in the England squad. What do you think? With the amount of goals he's been able to contribute, Right, so as of right now, who do you think uh, you've got that he's better uh, better than, right? So, do you think Jesse Lingard fits in? If not, he's going to be a very good squad player at that. You did mention that, but I feel like he starts over some of your players. And having him in there definitely gives a dynamic approach to the team. And sometimes, which can be lackluster at times, Solskjaer having Lingard on table, I think they take him back and I think they uh, try to integrate him back into the club. Now, uh, let's see and hope what, he, what they can bring into the table. Unless they end up going for a star player, then Lengard doesn't make it back. And I feel like West Ham might want to keep him. But actually, they definitely want to keep him with the inform that they have gotten with Lengard on the team. True. So, yeah, let's talk about another player that was promised to have a sensational career and was probably the heir to Messi in the Argentinian squad. But how things have changed for Paulo Dybala from 20 goals a season to becoming a bench former at Juventus. Juventus might be shipping him the mouth and I feel like this might be the last chance that Dybala's got. The last run of 10 games and does he make it back in time and if he does, does he contribute? Now Dybala I still think is a very very good player and he can fit into any team. But he needs a specific style of play. He needs a specific style of coach. Sarri was able to get the best out of him right at the end of his short stint at Juventus. Whereas Perlo, uh, he's left him out for cold. They haven't really played together. They haven't really gelled together. And Juventus not having Dybala as an option has actually hurt Juventus as well. Where he was a clutch player for Juventus last season. This season is nowhere to be seen. And uh, you could really tell how good the chemistry between Dybala and Ronaldo was they were struggling to really play at the start but then they really gelled together and started playing well and at this moment I feel like 
there isn't a space for Dybala in True. the Juve setup with the players that they've got coming in. They've got Kulovsky, they've got Chiesa, so they've got very talented players, up and coming players. So I feel like it might be time, and specifically with the salary that Dybala asks for, he asked for a top top player salary into multiple figure million dollar deal. And I feel like Juventus, with the money that they're bleeding, they do not renew his contract and they ship him out. And, but here's the question, where do you think Dybala goes? Who can afford him? I think if he makes certain compromises, Tottenham Hotspur might be a good option for him. Uh, reports are suggesting that uh, City are looking for Harry Kane. And I think those uh, reports are very strong, linking the star man to Man City. Guardiola likes Kane a lot. And I think that deal might be happening very soon. So I think Dybala can fill the void that Kane will leave at Tottenham. And who knows, uh, with uh, Jose Mourinho, he might start a very good partnership. We know that uh, Jose has a track record of bringing the best out of the strikers. Uh, in his tenure at every club, we see that happened with uh, Samuel Eto, Didier Drogba, uh, and you know, Romelu Lukaku. So, uh, Dybala to Spurs makes uh, a lot more sense to me than any, any other I, club. I feel like that's a very think? good shout. I feel like that's a very, very good shout. And then, for certainty, uh, Harry Kane to City is about 60-70% done with the reports that everyone is reporting right now. So what does Spurs do after that, right? They have their tailsman striker going, they have their number 9 going, who do they replace him with? And I feel like you have a very, very good opinion at right now that Dybala could be a good shot for them. He's a young player. Uh, he's in his prime right now and he's wasting his time at Juventus right now not being able to get into the first team. So if he goes to a team like Spurs and under a manager like Jose Mourinho, there is a very good chance that he picks back his form and he's able to be uh, he's able to transform that team. Now there is another rumor going around that Sarri might be taking over Roma and with Dzeko on the outs, I feel like Roma is also a good shout for a player like Dybala and since he really flourished under Sarri, Sarri taking to Roma and taking Roma to the next level is also something which I'd see happening uh, in the future. What, what's your opinion of Tuchel right now? And at the time of recording, uh, Chelsea absolutely got thrashed by West Brom. They shipped in five goals. So we're recording right after that. Do you think uh, <laughs> this was a curse? I think all good things uh, come to an end. And this one came to a disastrous end. I, I could not predict in a million years that they would let five goals against West Brom, who are relegation contenders this season. But Tochel, apart from that, has done an impressive job. I have, I don't have any words to explain what happened a while ago because the thing that impressed me the most about Thomas Tochel at Chelsea was his defensive setup. How he got Espiliqueta, Thiago Silva, and Andreas Christensen playing at the heart of the defense. But this was a symbolic uh, performance. I don't know how to sum it up. As far as the manager of the month is concerned, he absolutely deserved it. A team who has only conceded two goals before this game. I feel like it is a very, very bad day at the office at that. But it is going to be a blip in the season of Tuchel. And I feel like he still finishes strong. It is a one-off game. Anyone can have those. And it just happened to be that West Brom were able to uh, like put five goals past Chelsea's defense. Right, So it happens. Let's move on. He does... He does deserve to be the player, like the coach of the month. He absolutely did a tremendous job transforming the team. And Lampard lived the, right. uh, left the team in a very, very bad shape. 
And when he took over, he took over a team which was considered uncoachable, True. right? And he turned them around. He made them like Champions League contenders one more time, right. right? And I feel like I'm trying to agree with you a little bit more. I think Chelsea have an easier path, and I feel like they might end up making the Champions League final this season. And Tuchel is the man to do that. All right, guys. So that's been another episode of FDTV podcast. This been this has been our episode number eight. We are really loving your support. Please make sure to give it a thumbs up, like, subscribe. We are available on all, all podcast platforms. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Just search for Football Dose TV. You would be able to find and listen at any time. Enjoy us on your drives. Enjoy us on your way to office. And keep supporting. Leave a comment down below. And for any ideas that you might have for us, again, it's been me, your host, Jabal, along with my co-host, Ali. Really appreciate you. FTTV out. Thank you.